a lot of time has passed. It doesn't seem like it has, but actually it has. Um, and a lot of things have happened since we last uh, aired a new uh, episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I am now fully vaccinated. That's right, guys. Uh, I decided to go ahead and do that. And, um, and here's why. Senior news director for the Detroit Free Press and distinguished journalist, Mr. James Hill. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. And what up, though, Detroit? I want to get your take on uh, what, what, what grade would you give, uh, you know, not just the city of Detroit, but even the state of Michigan uh, and its leadership uh, in its response to this COVID-19 pandemic? Mm, well, in terms of grades, I think I would, I actually, I would give the city a higher grade than I would give the state. It's time, time, I see things working out in my favor. I see open doors. I see doors of opportunity. I see prosperous days ahead. I see things turning around. I see possibilities. I see victory on the horizon. I see a new day coming. I see the breaking of day. I see glory after this. I see it coming to pass. I see it happening sooner than you think. I see it manifesting right before our eyes. I see it. I see it. I see it. You're tuned in to the thinking. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Hey, this is James Hill, Senior News Director at the Detroit Free Press, and you're listening to and watching the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show with host Michael Nimitz. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker and minister, Michael Nemitz. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. That's right, guys. We are back with a brand new show back from uh, a brief hiatus. 
if you want to call it that. <laughs> we didn't have a new show on last week. Took a little break there, getting some R and R rest, re- regrouping and relaxing a little bit, enjoying this beautiful weather. I hope you had a chance to do so as well. I love it, guys. I love the the beautiful weather. I love the heat. I'm telling you, it can't get too hot for me. I just love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but I've just been enjoying uh, this weather, and of course. Doing some uh, recognizance, um, uh, some some behind the scenes work with the show, and uh, hope you enjoy uh, some of the things that you've heard already, and some of the things you'll hear uh, during uh, this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Guys, we're always improving, always trying to do better at what we do, and give you. The best uh, podcast that we can provide right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I hope you appreciate it. If you do, please uh, share this podcast on your social media. Uh, let others know about what's going on right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show and what you're listening to. And again, be uh, uh, do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, helps us to increase our exposure across the world. Wide web. But again, we're glad to be back this week with a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're calling it the Detroit versus Everybody edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show in honor of our special guest, Senior News Director for the Detroit Free Press, James Hill. Uh, he is Detroit born and raised, homegrown, very much proud of the city of Detroit and has repped the city of Detroit in every stop in his decorated career as a journalist. From the New York Times to Newsweek to the Chicago Tribune, he's represented the city of Detroit everywhere he's went. We talk a little bit about that during our interview we'll be sharing with you very soon during tonight's show A lot of time has passed since our last episode, uh, seven days actually, and um, and so you know, it seems like uh, uh, you know that it's been much longer than that. When actually, it's only been seven days, but a lot of a lot has happened between now and then. I have um, gotten vac- fully vaccinated. Uh, I am fully vaccinated, and I said I was going to share a little bit about that uh, on uh, this episode of the. Thing Thinking Out Loud radio show, um, I um, decided to do it for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, one of the main reasons why is because this last year and a half has has really been uh, difficult. It's taken its toll on everybody. I'm sure. A very tumultuous year and a half dealing with this COVID-19 virus, uh, getting tested, you know, sometimes every other month, uh, you know, every few weeks or so, um, you know, 600,000 people that have lost their lives as a result of this this deadly virus you know millions of people have infected and affected by it uh not 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 including you know those um you know who um not including those relatives and family members who have been affected by the loss of loved ones uh, because of this COVID-19 virus. So just so many people that have been impacted by it. 
And one thing I think we've lost is our interpersonal relationships and connectivity uh, as a result of social distancing, wearing masks, and, and all the things that we had to do uh, to, to, to prevent the spread of the virus. And so, uh, you know, when the CDC came out lifting some restrictions on those who are fully vaccinated, that's when I decided to, to go ahead and... Um, and take the plunge, so to speak, that uh, I would go and get fully vaccinated and, um, you know, and really try to fight back against this this deadly virus because I want to get back to some semblance of normalcy. And I also wanted to be able to make the decision uh, on my own. Uh, to get vaccinated. I didn't didn't want to be forced to do it. I wanted to be able to do it on my own volition, on my own terms, like many of you, I'm sure. Uh, and I think part of the reservations that some people have is that that uh, they feel like they're being forced to do something that they're not ready to do. Um, but, uh, you know, take it from somebody who uh, when the vaccine, the vaccine first came out, I was one of the first ones saying that I'm not going to get it. You know, I, I, I'll just go ahead and wear the mask forever. <laughs> and uh, I, I know some people who said that that have now changed their minds since changed their minds and have gotten fully vaccinated as well. They probably listened to the this episode laughing uh, at the same time. But um, they know who they are. But at the same time, I, I, I wanted to get back to some semblance of normalcy, and I wanted to be able uh, to, to to get some kind of control over over what seems to be something that we can't control because the spread of the virus it seems like is what's causing us to social distance and what's keeping us from each other. And so, uh, getting vaccinated is the thing that that seems to alleviate some of those um, pressures and so this is where we are guys and this is the reason again why I went ahead and did it and so I'm encouraging you to do it as well um if you want to know about some of the side effects and things of that nature, uh, I got my first shot, uh, did a walk in at Walmart. I mean, walk right up to the counter. And within the next five, 10 minutes, uh, I was uh, I got my first shot. And then uh, two weeks later, uh, on June the 4th, I uh, got my second shot and I was good to go. Now, both times I was a bit fatigued. I, I had to admit I was tired. Uh, you know, uh, you, you you heard people say that, uh, you know, you got some of the... Um, uh, some of the symptoms of COVID, uh, you know, after the second virus, after the second shot, you know, tired, fatigued, uh, nauseated, headaches, vomiting and things of that nature. Uh, but a nurse told me, and I'm sharing this with you, the Thinking Out Loud radio show listening audience, that if uh, on the second shot, before you take the second shot, make sure that you uh, drink a lot of water, drink a lot of water uh, and stay hydrated and that will help you uh, get through uh, whatever symptoms might uh, might try to uh, uh, you know try to come out uh, you know or try to uh, manifest itself uh, after you take the second 
a vaccine shot and I have to admit I mean I took I got the second shot and before then I had taken I mean I was drinking water like it was going out of style <laughs> I already drink a lot of water as it is but I was drinking a lot of it so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm basically trying to alleviate some of the uh, the pressures or some of the anxiety people might have about the vaccine so I'm encouraging you to go to, go ahead and get the vaccine uh, I think you'll feel much better about yourself and about uh, those that you are around and come in contact with especially your family members those that you love and your loved ones uh, so go ahead get the vaccine get vaccinated and let's fight back together Also, Juneteenth is coming up this Saturday, June the 19th. That's right. It is the national celebration of our freedom. Jubilee Day, Liberation Day, Emancipation Day, the national holiday celebrating the emancipation of enslaved people, African-American people right here in the United States. It originated in Galveston, Texas, and it is celebrated this coming Saturday, June the 19th. So, guys, uh, you can check out check it out on the web i'm sure there are going to be festivities going on around the country take some time and uh and 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 commemorate and to celebrate our liberation and freedom from slavery uh there's a special abc presentation coming up this friday uh june the 18th on abc featuring a special interview with former president barack obama uh he has been making his rounds here lately on television uh, doing interviews. He was recently interviewed by Anderson Cooper uh, about the insurrection on January 6th and uh, the, 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 you know, his post-Trump era interview amongst other things and so I know uh, this interview coming up is going to be just as powerful as well so make sure you check it out on ABC this coming Friday at 9pm June the 18th but June 19th is the official day that we celebrate our freedom from slavery want to make you aware of that again uh, this is the platform that we uh, dedicate and uh, and celebrate uh, uh, everything blackness right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, we want to make sure that we uh, do what we do our part. And um, uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the uh, the, the important um, quote: uh, "Those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it." And certainly, uh, we want to do everything that we can to remind those who are listening about our past and certainly our present and our future right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Well, guys, we've got a great show in store for you this week. We uh, recently interviewed a uh, news director, senior news director for the Detroit Free Press, James Hill. We had a very interesting interview, and I can't wait to share it with you. We talked about 
COVID-19. We talked about uh, Detroit local elections and even uh, the the governor's uh, race that's coming up and heating up, uh, will be heating up very soon. Uh, talked about some national politics as well. We even talked some Detroit sports. So, guys, this is a great interview. This is a very distinguished uh, journalist uh, with a very uh, decorated career in journalism. So happy uh, to have had him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Shouts out to him if he's listening on uh, on today. We truly appreciate him taking the time to spend it right here with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show, guys. That's right. We have a YouTube channel called Thinking Out Loud TV. If you don't know about it, go right to YouTube right now and check it out. We got videos. In fact, we just recently uploaded a brand new video uh, from a clip of a recent interview we had with author Brina Clark. That's right. Uh, you remember her. She was our last interview. Uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm speaking now. So happy to have had her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You can listen to that interview uh, from our previous episode, uh, but you can also watch a clip of that interview on Thinking Out Loud TV as well. And when you do, be sure to subscribe to uh, the channel and make sure you like and give us leave us a comment as well. We always love responding to uh, the comments of those who watched our videos or who've listened to the podcast as well. We just love interacting with the listeners uh, and viewers of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. In addition to our interview uh, this week with Senior News Director uh, James Hill, we've got a great thought of the week entitled "I See It." Guys, this is if you—I mean, if you're looking for some motivation, if you're looking for some inspiration, this is the thought of the week for you. You need to make sure you don't miss this week's thought of the week. I see it. I see victory. I see prosperity. I see inspiration. I see great things coming on the horizon. You don't want to miss this great thought of the week. And it's coming up right at the end of this week's show. So make sure you don't miss it. Also, guys, we're going to be back at 8 p.m. Uh, this evening live on Instagram for the after show, the show after the show. That's right, guys. We'll be back. Uh, we took a break last week, uh, but we'll be back at 8 p.m. We're going to be talking about uh, proposals. Who should propose and why? You know, we've been seeing some very interesting videos circulating across the web about uh, proposals, wedding proposals, and uh uh, you know, there's been some uh, interesting uh, things that's been happening. Women have been actually uh, taking the knee and proposing to the men. And that is very, very interesting, very controversial, I would say. So I want to know what your thoughts are about it. I will share mine as well. But you, in order to hear what we got to say, you got to tune in. Uh, check us out live on Instagram for the after show. Uh, at 8 p.m. Follow us on Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN. That's right, at TOL Radio Host MSN. Make sure you don't miss it. We're going to be talking about that and a lot more uh, this evening at 8 p.m. live for the after show on Instagram. That's right. We look forward to seeing you in just a little bit.
Well, guys, we're getting ready to take our first break. When we come back, we're getting right into my interview with Senior News Director of the Detroit Free Press, James Hill. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Emmy Award winning journalist, Jamel Hill. And have to ask ourselves... How is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time? Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying, oh no, but we changed the meaning. Okay, they can say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things but you don't see it because they knew in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff, which is why they paid reparations to the descendants of the Jews that were killed and armed. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. It's my really long-winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it. He talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I'm Brina Clark, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud radio and TV podcast with Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you to believe. Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious.
You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Back on a great edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and I have a uh, great gentleman with us uh, doing some great things right here in the city of Detroit. Uh, so happy to have him with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Uh, but as our custom is, before we jump into this interview, I want to give him a proper introduction. He's been a journalist for over three decades, literally starting in the mailroom as a copy boy at the Detroit News back in 1986. Over the years, he's worked at the New York Times, Newsweek magazine, and spent nearly 10 years in the newsroom of the Chicago Tribune in various capacities as a reporter and editor before coming home to the Detroit Free Press in February of 2000. He was born in Detroit and, was, and has a genuine love for his city its people and its sports teams, especially the Detroit Lions. Like so many true Honolulu Blue Lions fans, he says he just wants to live long enough to see his beloved Lions make it to the Super Bowl and hopefully win. Let's keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> when he's not in the office, uh, he can usually be found exploring Michigan or some other state with his family biking through the streets, meeting with people in the community or classroom or just being a dad. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show and senior news director for the Detroit Free Press and distinguished journalist, Mr. James Hill. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. And what up, though, Detroit? Absolutely, absolutely. We got to give you some applause. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So welcome to the Thinking Out Loud uh, radio and TV show. We truly appreciate you being with us uh, on this week's edition of uh, the podcast. I want to get your take on uh, what, you, what what grade would you give, uh, you know, not just the city of Detroit, but even the state of Michigan uh, and its leadership uh, in its response to this COVID-19 pandemic. It's been, what, uh, uh, over a year and, uh, and a half thereabout that we've all been kind of on lockdown as a state and even as a country. Uh, and we're just kind of waiting to have the opportunity to kind of move back into some semblance of normalcy. So want to get your thoughts and opinions about that at this point. Mm, well, in terms of grades, I think I would I actually I would give the city a higher grade than I would give the state. Mm. But and I say that because I do believe that there was a I mean, it was a very robust and genuine effort by the city in terms of, OK, here's going to be the rules. And there was a clear message that went out. And people follow those directives by and large here in the city. Now, the state is, is a little bit different because in the city, you tend to have, uh, you know, more of like-minded peoples 
living together. When you're talking about on the state level, now you got everybody that's going in. And of course, politics is going to come into play into all of that. So right. it's a lot, it's a lot harder to really get consensus on a clear message in terms of statewide. It's a lot harder to be able to get a message that will not just appeal to, but will actually be authoritative to everyone in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a lot. It's a lot harder for uh, Governor Whitmer had a lot harder task in terms of kind of getting people on board with the, you know, the various stay home, stay safe rules, uh, getting people to, you know, hey, mask up, getting people to, OK, vaccines are available. Go out and get your vaccine. Uh, so the message uh, in the city of Detroit, I think, is a lot easier to make that very direct and appeal to a very broad swath of people. Whereas the mission on a state level is a lot harder because again, you're dealing with people who are oftentimes ideological, ideologically different. You know, they are different in just in terms of, you know, politics and everything else. So it was a lot harder job for the governor, but if I was to give like the city a B plus, then I'd have to give the state maybe a C plus. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. And, and, and I agree uh, with that in, in, uh, in, in some respects um, to, to your point about governor Whitmore, her job being a bit, dif- bit difficult. Um, I, I would totally agree with that, especially her being first term governor. This is her first, this is her first term as governor and for her to be hit with this kind of uh, global pandemic in her first four years as governor uh, had to be really, really difficult. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it, when you look at, uh, you know, her and compare her, her, the job that she did to some of the other governors around the country, uh, I think she stands out at, at the very top because of, uh, you know, the, the difficulties that she was faced with. I mean, think about it. Uh, you, she had uh, a group of domestic terrorists uh, try to um, uh, capture her and, 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 mm-hmm. and with the intent on assassinating her. And then she had a mob, uh, you know, come down and, and, and converge on uh, the Lansing uh, Capitol, uh, kind of like a trial run before the January 6th. Uh, uprising, if you want to call it that, or, or mob or riot, uh, or, you know, that the domestic terrorists converge on what uh, President Joe Biden calls the seat of our democracy. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I think she, you know, I, I would probably give the, the state of Michigan a B. Um, uh, just because, you know, her job was a little bit more difficult um, than um, most other governors because this was her first term. And I, and I think she 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 came out, uh, you know, uh, better than most uh, when when all, when everything was said and done. Uh, with yeah, that. No, she, no, no doubt. She does. But that's what I'm saying. She has a harder job. So it was naturally going to be harder for her to do for it. her to do and it. and plus you again you're throwing in politics on this and whereas you know mayor duggan may just be seen in the politics of the city or this area 
uh, Gretchen Whitmer was seen on a national stage. Right. So now she's got, you know, slings and arrows coming from across the country, you know, and not just across the street. Mm-hmm. And you take into account, too, that she's a woman and there's still a lot of people who will push back on women in power. Yeah. And so that that gives a nut. All, that's a whole other layer of what she's doing, because by and large, when you're looking at like the legislate state legislatures and stuff in the power <laughs> structure, it's still white male dominated. So then they don't like to be told what to do, especially mm-hmm. by a woman. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's naturally going to make her, that's naturally going to make her job hard. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with senior news director, James Hill, distinguished reporter and journalist with uh, the Detroit Free Press. Uh, so glad to have him with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Uh, he is, as 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 his bio uh, talks about, a homegrown Detroiter, seasoned Detroiter. And uh, we've been talking local politics and uh, talking about uh, some of the things that are happening here in the city of Detroit. And, uh, you know, we were talking off air about an initiative that uh, he is, um, you know, he started. And I want to give him some time to kind of talk a little bit more about this uh, uh, to our Detroit, to our listeners uh, right here in the city of Detroit. So um, share with our listeners about uh, this project, this initiative that you, uh, you you headed up and you're start, you've started to kind of change the narrative of how people see the city of Detroit. Yeah, thanks for asking about that, Michael, because this is a project that's near and dear to my heart. You know, I've been thinking about how I could do this over the course of a few years and then having to, you know, run it up the ladder to various people to get it approved. But uh, it's called Detroit Is, and it is Detroit from from the community and the neighborhood on up. That's the voice that we try to capture we're looking at changing the narrative of how people see Detroit. Mm. For the most part, the mainstream media has this, you know, they, we talk about the whole two Detroits and then it's like, and I hate that term two Detroits. And it's like where you've got, Oh, it's either the 7.2 that's, you know, downtown and midtown where there are all the new buildings are going up and all the, you know, the quote unquote new Detroiters are moving into. Right. Uh, and that's where all the money and development is going to. And then there's, you know, the woe is me down and out in Detroit uh, that, you know, where you got bullets whizzing by every night and people can't sleep and you can't walk down the street without, you know, crime happening or something. And so you've got these really two extreme narratives that play out, uh, you know, and not just here, but nationwide. But in, uh, for the most part, we are we. And when I say we, I mean, the royal we of the media here in Detroit have played into that. Mm. And this going back to your original question about, you know, why I got into journalism in the first place. This is another one of those reasons, because I look and I see and especially having lived in New York and having gone to Chicago and even in those areas when people would ask me, it's like, oh, where are you from? It's like when I was in New York City, I had a guy ask me where I was from and I told him I was from Detroit. And he's like, oh, really? And he asked me literally, had I ever shot anybody? Wow. And I'm just like, you know, moments like that, you see it's just like, 
really? So that's how that's that's really how you're gonna play it, son. But then I look at you know TV news. You read the newspapers, and back in you know seventies and early eighties, at least you had people who were in the community and you would see stories out of your community every now and again. You would see people who are doing good things and, you know, yeah, every place has problems. You know, New York had a hell of a lot of problems. Chicago had a hell of a lot of problems. But when people said New York and Chicago, they always said it with admiration and ooh, New York and ooh, Chicago. Right. And it's like, even though they have more problems than we do. Mm. And it's like, so why are people just looking at Detroit and saying and saying these things? So being able to kind of examine that and it's just like, you know what? We're part of the problem. And it's like because the stories we're running, they're they're institutional stories. You know, when I say institutional stories, I mean they're coming from the institutions like the police department, Mm -hmm. city hall, uh, DPSCD we're not doing a lot of coverage of just people in the communities. It's like, yeah, we might run out to a neighborhood when there's some shooting or something like that. But how come we don't ever go back when there's not a shooting to find out what else goes on in that neighborhood? Right. Because in the best of neighborhoods, you've got some of the worst of people. And in the worst of neighborhoods, you've still got some of the best people. Mm. And it's like, but we don't treat them equally. And we don't look beyond that. So we want to change this from being a spectator sport into making people players in the game and giving them voice. We want to be able to say, you know what? I'm not just going to come out to your community when something bad happens. Yes. If something bad and terrible happens, I'm coming out there, but you know what? When I get there, you're going to know who I am because you're going to have seen me out there before that. And I'm going to be able to tell people about, Oh yes. Mr. or Mrs. Johnny Jones over here who started this community group for the kids, you know, and they fixed this park and they painted this building and, you know, and they've taken down these old homes and things like that to give you some context to look, this isn't just a neighborhood where bad things happen. This is a neighborhood where a bad thing happened, but it's still good people in this neighborhood. Hmm. And there's still good things going on, but we don't hear about that. Again, we only hear about the extremes and that leaves out a good 50 to 60% of the population of the city of Detroit because they don't fall into either of those extremes. But those are the people who are just, you know, everyday folks like you and me, we're going to work, we're raising our kids. You know, we just, we just want the same thing. Everybody else does have our bills paid have our kids do better than we do better than we did and hopefully leave them with something so that they can get started and establish and do better in the community and do better for themselves. Right. And that's a, you know, that's a common thing in Detroit. But if you look at the, you know, if you look at the media coverage of the city, you wouldn't know that and you wouldn't see that. And, you know, you see the comments from people who don't live here, when, you know, when you run those types of stories and they're, oh, well, what do you expect? You know, they're all animals in there and that just happens all the time. And you would just think that that's just how we live. It's like, no, you don't have people who are still living here in those in those circumstances. There are people here doing good stuff every day. There are people here who are just fascinating. I mean, in terms of intellect, in terms of initiative, in terms of community investment, in terms of just 
being a pillar in the community. We have unique places. You know, we have unique Detroitisms. When people say, what up, though? You in Detroit, you know what that means. It's like other folks might not might not understand it, but it's like, but you're not really invested in the city and learning about the people here. You would just rather do this as a spectator sport where I'm just here to see the guns and violence and I'm going to keep it moving. But you don't want to know what else is here. You don't want to know the history here. You don't want to know the great groups and the great people, you know, and the great institutions that are here. And it's like, you're just here for those, for those headlines. And I was just really tired of seeing that. And so I want the Detroit free press to make this genuine effort to engage with the community on an authentic level, not a transactional level where I'm only popping in here and there. We want to be able to re-engage the community, show them that, hey, we're the Detroit Free Press. We are a part of this community, too. So we want you to have voice. We want people to see uh, more of a more holistic look at the city, not just the ins- what's coming out of the institutional spots like the cop shop and city hall and things like that. And it's like we want to see what's happening in the neighborhoods. We want to give voice to the issues here, but we also want to give voice to the people who are the solutionaries who are solving those problems every day and doing their part to make their community better. Wow. That is an awesome initiative and um, definitely, uh, definitely worthy of recognition. And uh, we are, you know, behind it 100% because uh, we truly agree we agree with you that the narrative of, of our city uh, has been historically bad. Um, but, uh, you know, we as Detroiters, uh, we know the truth. We know that our city is not as bad as it is being projected sometimes in the media and that, you uh, you know, you 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 have to come to the city to really see for yourself uh, the the rich culture and heritage uh, that exists right here in the city of Detroit. Uh, this is a first class city, and I'm very happy to say that I am a part of the city of Detroit, and uh, I'm very proud of. Uh, the progress this city has made and is making. Uh, we have our faults, we have our flaws, uh, but uh, like many other cities, we're doing what we can uh, to make ourselves better and to do more uh, in our community. So we we are hats off to you uh, for starting this initiative. And um, again, uh, we are uh, supporting it and behind it 100%. And whatever we can do to help publicize that uh, we we definitely will do that for you as well. Hey, no, I I appreciate that, and like I said, it's really done. You might hear my four year old knocking on the door trying to get in, but you know, <laughs> that's just a part of being. That's a part of being dad, right? I understand so, completely. So you, so you deal with that, but you know, like I said, it's it's all about really just showing a a broader picture of what Detroit is. We're not trying to candy coat anything no. and we're not, you know, we're not saying that, Oh, we don't have issues or that bad things happen. But again, we're saying that, yeah, we do, but so does everywhere else. Exactly. And don't just look at that part of me, you know, look at the whole, look and see what else is going on. You know, when we, when we kicked off this initiative, I had written a column 
And, you know, there was a line in there that a lot of people have repeated back to me where, you know, I say, you know, there's a lot of folks who have bad things to say about the city who haven't been here in years, decades, you know, or when they do, they're coming downtown to go to a game or go out to dinner and go to a bar. And then they're right out of, you know, they're right back out of here. They're not going through the neighborhoods. They don't know what's going on beyond, you know, what they see downtown. And so I said, you know, look, if you're not willing to be try it, then you should be be quiet. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I truly believe uh, that. And it's like, if you're not going to come here and explore the city and again, not just downtown, not just midtown, but come out into the communities, mm. talk to talk to the people, you know, and see what's on their mind, see what's on their heart and just ask them what they're thinking about, how their day is going you know, what they're doing in in the life to, you know, just kind of get by or what they're doing to better themselves or their communities. I think you'd be really surprised at how deep a lot of people feel and you'd be surprised, you know, and this is when I say you'd be surprised, I'm talking about people who don't live here and don't experience this on a daily basis. But I think they would be surprised at just, you know, the thoughtfulness that a lot of people put into Hey, why am I still here? This is why I'm here. Right. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's remarkable that the news media uh, institution like the Detroit Free Press is taking up an initiative like this to change the narrative of the city of Detroit amongst its own Detroiters and to those who are on the outside looking in at our city as well. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with Senior News Director James Hill, distinguished reporter and journalist with uh, the Detroit Free Press. Uh, so glad to have him with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Guys, we're getting ready to take our first break. When we come back, we want to get more from our good friend James Hill, Senior News Director at the Detroit Free Press. This is the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Hi, this is Martin Luther King III, and you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio host Michael Nimmons. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Global advocate, Martin Luther King III. So I I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of, you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, of have caused people to, to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud 
Radio Show. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. The people have spoken. From Minneapolis, Minnesota, to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Right, guys, we are back, and I know you are enjoying my interview with Senior News Director of the Detroit Free Press, James Hill. So happy to have him on with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show, and he is a Detroiter. And I'm, uh, in this segment, we want to really lean on him when it comes to uh, some of the local politics uh, here in the city, because uh, you know those that are watching and listening, we're going in, in just a few few weeks we're going to be moving into our local elections uh right here in the city of detroit many of uh, our city officials are on the ballot to be reelected. there are some new uh, individuals that have thrown their name into the hat uh to be considered by detroiters so i want to get your um thoughts and feedback about uh the upcoming detroit elections uh because again you are a seasoned detroiter uh distinguished journalist and news director for the detroit free press i'm sure you have uh some thoughts about uh some of our elected officials and even some uh those new uh, uh politicians that are looking to be considered by uh the detroiters so how do you think this election coming up in august and in november going to shake out in the city of detroit uh, well, if you're looking at like the mayoral election, uh, I honestly think I think Duggan's going to be hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, just my honest opinion. Um, you know, I've covered politics for many years uh, in Chicago and here. 
Uh, and I just honestly, you know, I just don't think that there's somebody out there who's going to, who's going to beat him. I know that Anthony Adams has stepped up, you know, to, to challenge him. Uh, I think that while Anthony Adams does have some grassroots appeal in to some folks in the, in the city of Detroit, uh, I still think there's going to be questions that will go back to, you know, the Kilpatrick era and him serving as deputy mayor there and how that's going to play out and how that's going to play out, not necessarily in the neighborhoods, but how that's going to play out with the big campaign backers who are putting their money into this campaign. Mm. And that's where I think the key, that's where I think the key difference is going to be there. Uh, you know, and even Tom Barrow is, uh, you know, jumping in, jumping into this one. And Tom Barrow has been around for, for a long time. And he's uh, oftentimes put his hat in the ring uh, for this position. Uh, he hasn't been successful up to this point. And I don't see him knocking Duggan off his off his block right now either. Okay, um, and it's interesting that uh, you brought up Anthony Adams uh, from the Kilpatrick era because the my first thought was you know you, you the, well your first statement was you don't think that Mayor Duggan uh, is going to be beat uh, um, and and so. I want to find out, I guess this is like a, a part two to that question. Uh, you know, do you think that um, there's still some residue uh, from the Kilpatrick administration? Uh, well, I shouldn't say residue, but what do you think um, the, the overall perception from Detroiters are uh, regarding Kwame Kilpatrick? He was recently released from prison uh do you think people still have some uh, uh animosity towards him because of uh the things that he, you know he's been accused of and convicted of uh you know do you think that has put uh, you know mayors of you know you know black male mayors in in a bad spot for the future because of you know uh, of what he's been accused of and convicted of uh, as as mayor of the city of Detroit. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's still very much split, you know, out in out in the community. It's still it's still very much split on his legacy here, you know, uh, as mayor of the city of Detroit. There are people who you know still very much love uh, Mayor Kilpatrick, and there are people who you know just like. Detroit's a big family, right? Mm -hmm. And so everybody, you can be brother and sister and still be mad at each other, right? Mm. And there's a lot of there's a lot of that that's going that's going on in the community. It's like there were so many people who were pulling for him uh because of the fact that here you have this young, intelligent black man uh that's become the mayor of this city. Uh, and we were all kind of rooting for him right. in that capacity, right? Right. And so then you get disappointed when something like this happens, when those issues came to light. Uh, rather, it was, you know, the issue of the affair with Christine Beatty, his chief of staff, or the lying on the stand, or the issues that he was convicted of in federal court. Right. You know, all of those things, it's just like, 
it becomes hard to imagine like how did we go from you know from where we started to here mm. and who and who is behind you know how how do i reconcile these feelings you know and so that's been really the hardest part i think just from the people that i've talked to you know in the city in the community about how Kilpatrick's legacy will play will play out here. Some for some folks, he's still you know they would vote for him again, and then there's others who might like. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you gotta you gotta prove something to me now, right? And, uh, so I mean, it's it's really it's really split to be quite honest. It's it's not all one, and it's not all the other, which you know which you would expect mm-hmm. uh, in terms of him getting out when you look at the sentence that he received and compare that to, you know, other high profile government officials, politicians uh, who have been convicted of crimes, then yes, his, his sentence was excessive. And it's like, but does that mean he wasn't guilty? I can't say that. (laughs) Right. Right. And the thing for me, Uh, Not to dwell on this too much longer, but the thing for me is when his name has been brought up by some by some of his supporters, they, you know, and and they 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 talk about, uh, you know, what he was accused of and and him lying on the stand and how all of those things are um, directly uh, and indirectly related. Um, the, The part that kind of. Um, annoys me to some degree is the revisionist history that people have when uh, as as it relates to what happened Uh, you know he went to prison not for having an affair with Christine Beatty he went to prison because he lied on the stand about having an affair with Christine Beatty I think people need to be we need to be very clear about what why he went to prison it was not that that the extramarital affair was a moral issue and that's right. something that happened between him and his wife but what became a what, he made it a legal issue when he lied about it on the stand and mm-hmm. uh and to me that was the most disappointing part about it because this is somebody that was an attorney he's a lawyer he he graduated with a law degree so True. he should know better um, than most when it comes to how you're supposed to conduct yourself, uh, and, you know, especially in front of a federal grand jury. So th- I yeah, want to make make that very clear to those that are watching and even listening to the podcast. And that is the reason that he went to prison. You know, we, I'm sure you and I both agree that uh, he was a rising star in the Democratic Party. He could have actually been uh, a key figure uh, in the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, during the time that he was mayor and uh, who knows, he could have been a congressman, could have, you know, could have, uh, you know, risen to, uh, you know, even higher than that, uh, you know, uh, in, in politics. But unfortunately, uh, that all came to a halt. Uh, but I want to stay in local and even state politics because uh, next year 
the governorship is going to be up for grabs and uh, incumbent governor Gretchen Whitmore is going to be running for reelection, believe it or not. And uh, one of our um, uh, own former chief uh, uh, police, James Craig, recently announced that he was resigning from the Detroit Police Department, effective, I believe, June 1st. Uh, and, and now uh, it is suspected that he's going to be uh, running as uh, her opponent uh, on the Republican side. So I want to know from you, uh, uh, James, you know, what was, first of all, more, su- more surprising, uh, you know, to hear that he was resigning uh, to run for governor uh, or, well, actually, did she hear that he was resigning, rather? And uh, uh, the other side of that is, you know, to hear that he was a Republican because that's something that he's kept very uh, uh, hidden for the past eight years that he served as chief of police. Many people did not know, including myself, that he was a Republican. Uh, And I wanted to kind of get your thoughts about that. And also, what do you think his chances are of unseating this incumbent governor, Gretchen Whitmer? Uh. I don't know what I could say was more surprising. It was all the fact that he was considering a run for governor was probably the most surprising thing to me. Mm. Uh, I wasn't necessarily surprised that he was retiring. I mean, he's been here eight years and, you know, this last year has been a doozy, uh, particularly with, um, you know, the, the protests that went on pretty much all year last year. And has still been, you know, still ongoing in different areas of the communities and all that was, uh, you know, that's been discussed and going back and forth, not just on the local stage, but on the national stage in terms of policing and, you know, how do we reform policing and those types of issues. So I don't, it wasn't surprising to me that he left, Mm. Uh, but, but it was surprising to me when there, there was talk of him saying, Oh, and he might run for governor. And it was like, really? Because I was like, okay. And that was the question bubbling in my head was, well, is he going to run as a Democrat or a Republican? And then come to find out he was going to run on the Republican side. Again, I wasn't surprised by that, just based on some of the stances that he has taken as police chief. You know, he has been a very vocal advocate of citizens arming themselves because the police is not always going to be there. And so, you know, you should be, you should be armed and ready and don't get me wrong. I support that part. (laughs) I do. But also just some of the stand little things that he's done and the way that he's done it over the last eight years. uh, You know, we, we had some questions around the office sometimes. It's like, you know, I think he's, I think he's going to be on the GOP side. And so, you know, it wasn't necessarily surprising me he was going to run as a Republican, but just the fact that he was considering running was really what surprised me. Mm. And just be, and I don't know if it's, you know, I still don't know the motivation behind it. Uh, if he sees her as vulnerable, but you know, you also have to remember he would have to survive a GOP primary to be able to face the governor. So that's not a given either. Because while he has name recognition here, he's not as well known around the state. And you need that statewide name recognition. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the party would put, you know, a lot of resources behind him 
you know, to kind of get that name recognition up. And he has some very important key factors, uh, uh, positions that position him well within the GOP party, uh, you know, law enforcement, law enforcement. And so that's a big, that's a big plank of the party supporting, supporting law enforcement, uh, civil, he's very much into, you know, civil liberties and having those, having those liberties and personal freedoms. Uh, he is also, uh, a, a big proponent of, again, an armed citizenry in the second amendment. Also, a very important plank for the GOP position. Now, if he could get one of the, you know, the, the theory in my head was now if they can somehow get James Craig and get Candace Miller, who the GOP oh. wanted to put, to put out there as governor, but Candace Miller said, you know what? I don't, I don't want the job. Well, if she were to run as a Lieutenant governor, so she doesn't have the weight of being the governor on her shoulders. And it's like, but that would really buoy and make a very interesting race. If James Craig were to survive a GOP primary and there were a GOP ticket of James Craig and Candace Miller uh, against Gretchen Whitmer, <clears throat> excuse me, and, uh, and Mr. Gilchrist. So that would be a very interesting uh, a very interesting race I could see because Candace Miller would definitely help with the name recognition and well, yeah, particularly right. out the outstate uh, outstate political crowd, you know, and having having that there. So that would be that would be a matchup I'd like to see. That's very interesting point. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing I want to mention about that I mean this this you know before he de- decided to retire, I think he was probably one of our best. Uh, chief of police is for the city of Detroit. Uh, and um, I really admired him uh, for the work that he had, he had done in the city, kind of disappointed to see him leave. And of course, um, when I found out that he was a Republican, I really, uh, my heart really sunk because, you know, here this man has hidden uh, his political affiliations for this long. And I, I can understand why, because, of, you know, Trump and, 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 and the GOP has not been uh, in, in favorable light for the past, you know, uh, at least past four years. And, 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 and definitely uh, you can go back even further than that here in the city of Detroit, but um, I can understand why he, he decided to keep, keep that hidden. Uh, but then I also thought about this, you know, if he's aspiring to be the first black governor of the state of Michigan and doing so as a Republican. That's why I, I was really, you know, wondering what do you think his chances are of even doing that? Because, you know, I would think that, you know, as chief of police coming from the city of Detroit, it's automatic that you would be a Democrat because, you know, you're 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 you live in a Democratic city. But um, obviously things are, are a bit different. You know, he's thinking a bit different. And then, of course, the way things uh, usually go in, in, in Lansing, you know, eight years Democrat, eight years Republican eight years Democrat is, is back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. And here governor Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmore has only served four years. So my, is my estimation that she will become the next governor. You know, she'll continue her, her run as governor of the state of Michigan, instead of being unseated by 
uh, you know, Chief James Craig or any other Republican candidate for that matter. Do you agree with that? Mm, it's possible, but this has been a really, this has been a really, really <laughs> uh, unusual political political season that we've been in for mm-hmm. the la- for the last year. I mean, and really the last you're talking about the last four or five years because you know, like when Donald Trump first got in, everybody was saying, "Oh yeah, he'll he'll be running for the first three months and then he'll drop out." You know, we'll be back to we'll be back to you know campaign as usual. That didn't happen, right? And you've seen this kind of sea change of partisans <laughs> that has happened under the Trump under the Trump era, sure. you know, or dur- during the Trump era. So, nah, it wouldn't. It, it, I can't say for sure that she, that Governor Whitmer is a shoe in for reelection. Hmm. Uh, it's just it, it's way too competitive and the political waters are just way too choppy still. I mean, you, you also have to throw in the fact that the it is politics has kind of turned from a, a, a gentleman's game or a gentlewoman's game to more of a street brawl. Mm. Whereas there's Good always point. been there's always been fighting in politics. It's always been done at a certain level. You know mm. what I mean? It's mm. it's typically been done up here. Even the cheap shots and stuff were done with you know a velvet hammer, right? <laughs> and it's like now it's just kind of bare knuckles brawl. You can see it, and you know you look at things like that kidnapping conspiracy. Right. You look at right. the co- you look at the comments that were directed at Governor Whitmer throughout the whole of last year from the White House on down to, you know, whoever's house in Whitefish Bay in, in, uh, in Michigan. Wow. A lot to think about. A lot to think about with that answer there. Um, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see uh, how all of that, you know, shakes out. Um, but uh, it would be interesting to, to see if, you know, if that is, if that is true or not. Uh, I know you guys are enjoying my interview with distinguished reporter, journalist, and news director for uh, the Detroit Free Press. James Hill is with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We're getting ready to take our next break. When we come back, we're getting more with my interview with this distinguished journalist, James Hill from the Detroit Free Press. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Author and professor, Dr. Peniel Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm or Team Martin. I think you should be both. You know, so I think the Black community needs both. I think that 
King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be. And I think Malcolm is, is a much more um, brilliant and, and, and um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy than people give him credit for. So um, that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this pro prosecuting attorney, but he's also a black America's statesman too. He's going to the Middle East, he's going to Africa. Um, he's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So. I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimitz. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. All right, guys, we are back, and I know you're enjoying my interview with this distinguished journalist and news director for uh, the Detroit Free Press. James Hill is with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. And in our last segment, we were talking uh, Detroit politics and um, talking local and state politics. And he also talked about uh, his initiative, Detroit Is, and it's definitely an initiative that we are behind 100% in changing the narrative of how our city is viewed by uh, people even within the city and those that are looking uh, from the outside in uh, at the city of Detroit. But in this segment, uh, I want to shift to national politics and talk about a few things. One thing I love about talking to journalists is that uh, you're able to kind of have a broad conversation about a number of different topics. And uh, one, of, one of which, um, you know, I, I want to talk about Dr. Cornell West, distinguished professor, uh, Harvard University. Um, he came out recently and, um, you know, he's always been a critic of, of President Obama. Uh, but uh, I think this was a comment he made uh, a few weeks ago after President Biden uh, gave his first speech in front of a joint session of Congress. And in so many words, uh, Dr. Cornell, Dr. Cornell West said that he believed that President Biden is going to be a better president for black America 
then President Obama was, or former President Obama was. I wanted to get your thoughts and feedback about that. What do you think? Hmm. He has the potential, but he hasn't done anything yet mm-hmm. that has made that has made him that I could say that you know what he's already ahead of President Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact is, it's just too early to tell. There's the potential there, but we still have to get through. There's a lot of issues going on right now in terms of uh, you know the George the George Floyd police uh, police reform act. Uh, there's still so many issues with voting rights across the country and how states are trying to make these laws basically stripping away power from marginalized communities. Uh, and it's going on not just on state levels, but it's going on on national level where they're trying to t- do away with, you know, the absentee voting. And, uh, you know, they they want to set all these stringent rules about early voting right now. That's more important. That's the most important issue I see facing this country because you've got folks who said, you know what? We didn't win the game. So now we're going to change the rules. Right. So the next time we, the balls, you know, we're going to have the advantage coming in, coming in. So right now, I think that's the biggest issue right there. Now, if he can do something that could address that and could, uh, you know, could kind of beat back the erosion of some of the, you know, the, the voting rights of people across this country, you know, then that I give, I give him credit and he get cool points for that. Uh, still, it would still be too early, but again, he hasn't even been in office a year yet. And you're talking about a man who was in office for eight years, you know? And so the level of accomplishment that he will need to achieve to supersede that, is not going to be done in, you know, in the first hundred or 200 days. And it's probably not even going to be done in one term. Right. But we'll see if he can address a couple of those big issues that would go a long way to providing a legacy for Joe Biden. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Guys, I know you have enjoyed my interview with this distinguished journalist, uh, the senior news director uh, at the Detroit Free Press, James Hill, with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. I've just enjoyed my conversation with him. Again, I love talking to journalists because you're able to talk about a myriad, a myriad of different su- subjects and subject matter. And we have covered the gamut of Uh, topics uh, on today and I truly appreciate him carving out time to be with us but before of course we let him go we got to talk a little bit uh, a little bit of sports because his bio talks about him being a homegrown Detroit uh, uh, fan and uh, uh, Honolulu and and Blue uh, uh, Detroit um, Lions fan so you know I want to find out from you you know the Lions have, have been making some moves as of late they've been doing some things um they have uh, let matthews they've traded matthew stafford to the los angeles rams and they picked up jared goff uh from the rams so i want to know from you who's going to have the better season matt stafford as a los angeles ram or uh jared goff as a detroit lion oh man 
I still think Matt Stafford, just because he's right now, he's proven to me over the years that he's a better quarterback. And he he never got a lot of do. And I know that there's a lot of Matt Stafford haters. <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of Matt they used to call him what Matt Stafford. He just get the he just get the stats, right? And it's like, but I'm sorry, but the, that man played he had heart. I mean, those first couple of seasons where he got the broken collarbone and he still gets up and throws a touchdown. I mean, he competed. He competed at a high level. He competed with not a lot of supreme talent around him. Uh, and he was still able to do some things, unfortunately, not win some playoff games and get us to the Super Bowl. And it's like, but I think with the organization that he has around him and the team that he has around him and that combination of his veteran experience, you know, and, and just natural talent, I expect him to do better than Jared Goff. Jared Goff has still got some learning to do. And, you know, he came into a good system with a lot of great play with a lot of great players around him. And he had a lot of good refs around him who helped him through that NFC championship game when they stole that game from the New Orleans Saints and got him to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, which was proven because once they got to the Super Bowl, they ain't do nothing. They do nothing, well, right? They did. They did nothing. Right. But you know, I'm, I'm of course I'm pulling for Jared Goff because he's gonna be quarterback in my team. And it's like, but I do think uh, Stafford is gonna have more success. I wish Jared Goff nothing but the best. Trust me, because I'm a season ticket holder and I'm gonna be in the house watching him every home game. <laughs> and it's like, but you know, I just the 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 analytical side of me says that. Stafford's got a leg up on him right now just from his experience and what, he, what team he's got around him. You know, uh, Goff is really going to need some more weapons to use, but I'm really happy to see how they invested in the offensive line. I mean, they Detroit Lions got a beast of an offensive line. So yeah, that's what it looks like. I'm hoping that's going to open up some lanes for, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, for Mr. Swift to be able to do his thing. And, you know, if we can develop some of those receivers and, you know, Hawkinson is still developing and he's getting better every season. If he can stay healthy, that's going to give him some good options to go to. And, you know, I think it'll be a lot on DeAndre and uh, and Hawkinson right now to do help help golf along on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but in, in the end, I think Matt Stafford will probably do better than him at least this year. Now, it's been the 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 tradition of you know players that have left the Lions to do better elsewhere in mm-hmm. in, in many respects than they have done uh you know with the organization. Uh and so, you know, it's it, yeah, I, I would agree with you that 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 more than likely will continue, unfortunately, because again, you know, most recently, Damakon Su uh, just got a Super Bowl ring with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Tampa Bay. And, Tom, and Tom Brady last year, you know, and that would not have happened uh, had he not left. I don't think had he not left the Detroit Lions, unfortunately. So it brings me to my next question. You know, are we going to to see the Lions? In a Super Bowl, 
in your lifetime because in your bio you said you want to you want to be able to see them not just make it to the Super Bowl but hopefully win one in your lifetime so what do you think what do you think that the prospects of that looks like for you do you think we're going to see that now or 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 never or, or what, what does it look like what what are, what what are our chances well you know as a man of faith I have to have faith that it will happen. <laughs> it's like you know, so I have to, I have to have faith have that, this gonna, that this is going to happen, man. And I just, I can't, I can't root against them. I, you know, I understand the reality of it, and I'm definitely not saying, oh yeah, we're going to be there in the next five years. You know, we're going to the Super Bowl, and it's like, but I just, I have to believe that one day. We 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 gonna get there. We gonna get there, and I I, I hope I'm not watching it with wings on. <laughs> and it's like, but trust me, if I if I'm dead and gone, I'm still watching that game. Still watching. And I'm gonna be, <laughs> che- I'm gonna be cheering. I'll be cheering from on high. <laughs> Somewhere it's gonna be some storm clouds. It's gonna rumble or something, and everybody will be able to look up and be like, "Up, oh, see." James is finally happy. <laughs> He's finally getting to celebrate, you know, because it, it finally happened for him. Man. But it's, gonna, it's, it's, it's definitely something I want to see. I remember 1991 and getting to the NFC uh, mm. title game. Right. And, you know, against Washington. And I was nervous going into that because Washington had just kicked our butts, you know, earlier in the season. And they were playing so well going into that game, but it's just, you know, you go in and you like, oh, come on, we can do this. We can do this. And, you know, the worst happened. And it was just like then reality kind of sets in. It's like, yeah, well, I should expect it. <laughs> you know, and that's just that's just kind of like what it's like being, you know, being a Lions fan. Being a Lions fan. But, you know, one day, hey, Chicago Cubs won the World Series, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. After a hundred year drought, you know, they finally came around and you had, and they have some of the most loyal fans, you know, in, in major league baseball. And I'm just going to be, you know, I'm just the football version of a Cubs fan, right? It's just, I'm a Lions Cub fan. Man. <laughs> and it's like, so one day it's going to happen. It's gonna I just, just want to see it. I want to see it. And I just want to be able to say, I told, all my friends and family, I say, if they get to the Super Bowl, I will paint myself blue, and I will be, <laughs> and I will be at the game. <laughs> I will paint myself blue and be at the game. And it's like, so I'm hoping that uh, I'm still able to walk up and down some stadium stairs. <laughs> but I don't care if they got to roll me in there with a defibrillator and, you know, oxygen. <laughs> And whatever it is, that I might take my last breath at that game. But, wow. You know, if, I, if I get to see it, it's like I'll, I'll be gone to glory with a smile on my face. <laughs> a true a true Detroit sports fan, a true Detroit Lions fan, guys. I mean, this is probably the biggest Detroit Lions fan that we'll ever have on the <laughs> on, on the Thinking Out Loud radio or TV show. <laughs> it's like yes, unless you get Bill Ford or one of them in here, man, it's like, not gonna be a big, not gonna be a, be a, bigger, be a fan. bigger fan, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well. 
I want to thank you so much, uh, Mr. Hill, for, for James, for being with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. I have enjoyed myself immensely talking to you about Detroit politics, about uh, about the governor race, about Detroit, about your initiative. Detroit is um, I, I am. Uh, Again, uh, very impressed with all that you have accomplished and all that you're uh, seeking to do right here in the city of Detroit. I wish you nothing but success again in all that you do. And I hope that uh, you'll be able to come back on the show with us and talk more, even more about the uh, the Detroit is uh, project and even how some of how our listeners can be involved in that project as well thank you so much my friend no may god continue to bless you hey i'm still on the right side of the grass so he blessing me every day anything else is gravy absolutely absolutely guys it's the thinking out loud radio and tv show we'll be right back you're listening to the thinking out loud radio show with pastor michael nimmons don't you dare touch that dial everyone, this is jazz saxophonist Jasmine Jen, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with your host, Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. that you were insufficient who told you that you were a loser who told you that you were a failure who told you that you were deficient who told you that you were nothing who told you that you were worthless who told you that you had no value who told you that you Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Good friend of ours, iconic, legendary radio host right here in Detroit, John Mason. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you, Pastor Michael, man. <laughs> out of a cloud and always listen to thinking it out loud it'll change your life it'll do it and every time you watch and listen it'll change your life every day tune in to the thinking out loud radio show every tuesday at 8 p.m with radio host michael nimmons available everywhere you listen to your podcast and now available for download on the detroit praise network app 
And if this is indeed my future that God is showing me, then he's going to be the one that's ultimately responsible for bringing it to pass. And all he asks of me in the middle of this process is to trust him. And that is what faith essentially is. Believing unconditionally and wholeheartedly in the one thing that's going to bring my future to the present. And there's no better way to demonstrate this than to do as the Apostle Paul instructs in Romans 4 and 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead. And call it those things which be not as though they were The B clause of this verse is the crux of this week's thought Because in addition to us seeing it We've got to be able to speak it And in most cases even when we can't physically see it We've got to still be able to speak it Speaking it is a critical piece to the process of faith You've got to speak those things that are not as though they were Essentially saying it until we see it And seeing it until we can say it They both go hand in hand And so on today we end where we began Declaring what we see as an expression of our faith I see things working out in my favor I see open doors I see doors of opportunity I see prosperous days ahead I see things turning around I see possibilities. I see victory on the horizon. I see a new day coming. I see the breaking of day. I see glory after this. I see it coming to pass. I see it happening sooner than you think. I see it manifesting right before our eyes. I see it. I see it. I see it. enjoyed this week's start of the week I see it and I hope after hearing it you absolutely unequivocally see it as well I want to give a special shout out to senior news director of the Detroit Free Press James Hill for being our guest on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show we truly appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to spend it right here with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show and those who are listening we thank you for your support of the Thinking Out Loud radio show Uh, we thank you for taking time out of your schedule to listen to this week's edition of the show we appreciate And we hope you enjoy this week's show Remember, we're going to be on the after show The show after the show uh, at 8pm this evening Talking about proposals and who should propose and why We're going to be talking about that and getting your feedback And giving our thoughts about it as well So remember to follow us on Instagram at TOL Radio Host MSN To join in the discussion We always have a great time I enjoy chopping it up with you on uh, on social media uh, Whenever I get an opportunity And again if you're not able to join us uh, You're always welcome to send us an email At contact at michaelnemons.com And leave us your feedback There as well We'll share your comments uh, uh, On the show uh, When we receive them Definitely we always love engaging our listeners And for you to be a part Of the show as well 
Remember to check out Thinking Out Loud TV and leave us a comment and like our videos and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We're always posting new videos each and every week of the guests that we interview and other important events that take place right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio well, guys, we're getting ready to get out of here. We'll see you in just a little bit live on Instagram for the after show. The show after the show, we're going to be talking marriage proposals, who makes them and why. We'll see you in just a little bit. But until next time, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.